So this week on the podcast, I have a friend called Tay. I don't know how to pronounce your second name, Tay. I just realised that was I about to introduce. I should have did that before we started recording, but here we are. <laughs> it's fine. It's pronounced Bunel, in case anyone wants oh. to know for future reference. Yeah. Bunel. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got that right. Yeah. Tay, how do you know me? I say you're a friend, but how do you know me? That's what I always ask my guests. Well, we first met in screenwriting, through screenwriting, at the start of our first year of university, really. And ever since then, we've just kind of worked together a bit. Tried to start Film Society, but it didn't really take off. (laughs) No. (laughs) Essentially, that's the gist. And it was this year particularly, though, wasn't it? Like, last year, I think we we, we kind of, like, just said, we were were putting a group together, we worked together well. But Mm. this year, in particular, we... we, um, we, we, we've got closer we were able to form yeah. films, well form a film society using that term very loosely <laughs> but yeah mm. um, so I'm just going to go straight in to the questions I hate beating around the bush so I'm just going to go go on then um, where, you, where are you're from Jersey right yes correct and I just first question I immediately think of when I think someone you're from Jersey I was like I think what what how does it compare to Worcester where you live now oh my god there's so many differences um I always, th- I always struggle like to describe Jersey because it is, there are certain parts of the UK that are very similar. Like I always find that like, I visited Cornwall once when I was 11 and I kind of see that as quite similar to Jersey. Um, okay. But like it's mainly just, if you just think of like a coastal town, it's pretty much that kind of vibe just because you're never more than like five, 10 minutes from a beach or anything. Like it's very close knit, everyone knows everyone. Um, which is something I did kind of struggle with when coming to England and Worcester in particular, because obviously starting university, most people don't know each other. Mm-hmm. So that was something that's been very different for me. And that's the main difference I kind of pick on when I'm describing it to people. Just, you know, the unknown terrifies me because I've just had the same experiences for most of my life. Yeah. And like, it's, hmm. uh, what's the, what is the population of Jersey? You did tell me this before. I can't really remember. I don't actually know specifically what it is right now. The last time I checked, it was like a hundred thousand, so it's probably a bit more than that now. Oh, so it's not terrible. Like you know what I mean? It's still like you're still able to have your, you know, everyone knows like everyone in a way, but you know, it's kind of like you can still have some sort of privacy. Would you say? In yeah, your, definitely. Yeah. yeah. If it was any smaller, I think that you would kind of struggle. Um, you mm, know, yeah. That sort of thing. But um, yeah. which do you prefer, Worcester or Jersey? Like. oh this might get me in trouble um oh i do think that i prefer well again there are always like positives and negatives to both places i think it in terms of you know appearance and the things you can well you know the things that i can get away with at home are a lot easier in jersey just because it kind of stays within the island um but yeah in terms of worcester there is so much more to do like the thing about jersey is it's great when you're really young or really old, but when once you hit your teenage years, <laughs> there is literally nothing to do. Um, mm. So yeah, most of Jersey life is just hanging around in like fields or on the beach and stuff. So it is quite boring if you don't have like a solid friendship group that you can always like meet up and do stuff with. And so, did you have a solid friendship group? I didn't for a while, but once I hit like year nine, year ten, I kind of got it sorted. I met a group of. <laughs> Four lovely girls, and we still are very close today. So I'm That's pretty good right now. Yeah, good. Is that, uh, mm. I'm presu- are they the ones you went to Birmingham with? <laughs> yes. That time you, you had uh, it looked mm-hmm. like you had a blast. So that's... yes, it was a very good time. 
Yeah, in a ball pit and all sorts. <laughs> it, it, it was yeah. very entertaining. Yes, but, I did enjoy the ball pit. <laughs> was that alcoholic, uh, like alcohol consumed, I was going to say alcoholic ball pit, but you can call it that It was. It was. There was, um, it's in Digbeth. I don't know if you know whereabouts that is. It's do, kind yeah. of just down, yeah, it's in Birmingham. Um, and they've kind of got this really cool bar, which has like beer pong and the ball pit and things like that. And like table tennis. It's really cool in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'll definitely be going back. Oh, that sounds cool. I, I want to visit mm. now. Um, I'm, getting, I'm getting off track here. Um, back, back to Jersey just quickly. I just wanted to ask, is there like, like you know, when I think of my hometown, Arma, I think of like, there's a place called, we call it the Mall, and everyone from home will be like laughing because it's just like a thing that everyone knows at home. And the way I'm saying it like that, it seems like it's, you know, strange but it's not it's like you it's five minutes from my house maybe even less and it's like just this it's not very big it's like a about a mile long it's a circle with a big like grass and like a cricket pitch in the middle of it and oh, uh, okay. it's just where you like walk with the dog you know like everyone walks their dogs there like it's just that's what you do mm. and it's just handy because it's five minutes for me and yeah like that's i love i love that i just like like seeing people there meeting people you know that i went to school with and stuff it's just nice and that's kind of a wee thing i miss you know going around there and the things associated with that is like you know i get to see people i used to know and stuff like over here if i go around the race course or like around the river i'm not going to see people i know you know what i mean and i'm thinking yeah for you is there somewhere in jersey like specifically some random field or something <laughs> that um, <laughs> that you kind of just like think, oh, I kind of miss that element because I know you say there's positive and negatives. Was there one particular location? Hmm, I'm trying to think because I do feel weirdly, I kind of feel that way about my school, like my secondary school. Yeah. But I don't know if, I like I do really love, um, I do love Jersey Zoo. It is, <laughs> it's quite funny because yeah. all throughout my life, because I live very close to it, I it was a, co- a source of constant arguments between me and other people because other people would love the zoo and I'd be like it's boring after a while because once you live near it anytime your parents want to take you out they're like oh should we go to the zoo um and throughout my life I got so bored of it um and now obviously I live away from Jersey I don't spend as much time there as I did before I actually really miss it (laughs) which is quite funny oh yeah so like you'll you'll have to go when you go back like when you go back again just like to get the you're like rush you're like it's like a drug zoo's like a drug <laughs> yeah you need your head yeah well i've said my housemates are like oh we should do a trip to jersey and i've said if you come over we're definitely going to jersey zoo <laughs> oh is it like a good zoo or is it just because it's got it's just like because it's your zoo i do think it's a good zoo yeah like i've jamie my housemate has shown me pictures of dudley zoo and it seems so much worse than Jersey Zoo. <laughs> like Jersey Zoo is like lovely. It's very like pretty, like very well designed and laid out. And all the animals are very, you know, friendly. And, you know, it's always quite fun to go around there. And they've got like nice little gift shops and cafes and stuff. So yeah. I do like it there. Yeah, I get that. Um, mm. So uh, last, I said last point, I'm going to go with the last point on Jersey. It's just like <laughs> your name. Is, do you, yes. I don't think it, does, I don't, I don't, it hardly comes from Jersey. I mean, did you know where that originates? I'm just like, I didn't know if it, because it was chosen in Jersey, I'm presuming. Well, is it, do you mean my first name or my surname? But kind of both. I kind of want to know the, the, the <laughs> your history of both, if you know any of it. Like, it just, it just interests me. Yeah, I'm one of those people who, I feel the need to know the reasoning behind everything. So I grilled my parents on this when I was younger. Um, so essentially, the background of my name, so Tay is technically Scottish. I'm named after the River Tay because my mother is Scottish. Um, so that's kind of the background of that because she often visited the River Tay with her dad when she was younger. Um, 
that's and then nice. obviously my yeah my mother her parents got divorced when she was quite young and she moved to Jersey with her mum um, so she didn't see her dad as often so when it came to naming me she was thinking like oh I kind of want to you know make it something Scottish related because I miss you know where I'm from my home um, so that's how my first name ended up being Tay and then my surname it's I'm trying to remember the specific history but essentially there was a group of people in France quite some time ago called the Huguenots um, and I can't remember exactly what religion they were but they essentially fleed religious persecution in France and went across the sea to reach England um, and a lot of them landed in Jersey first and then thought this is actually quite nice. Can't really be bothered to go the rest of the way to England. We'll just stay here. Um, so <laughs> that's where my surname. Monologue. Yeah, so that's where my surname comes from. Because um, Bunel obviously is originally a French surname, and then they all kind of left and landed up in Jersey. Ah, okay. Yeah. Wow. Mm. I'm glad you asked your mum that question because that would have been kind of awkward. Because um, I have no idea <laughs> if that's what you answered with. I would be like, okay, moving on. Um, yeah. But no, that's good that you like. I kind of need. I'm the same. I kind of need to know the reasoning behind things and like even mm. in terms of like films and all. Um, I said I said last point in Jersey about eight times. This is the last last point. <laughs> Do you see yourself like going back and living there in the future? Oh, I think my friends and I talk about this a lot because a lot of us have so many ties to Jersey. We all love it dearly. But when it comes to the future, as I said before, there's barely anything to do for people once they hit like around 12, 13. Um, and also it's not very good in terms of like career opportunities because Jersey is mainly, it's mainly just full of people who work in like finance. Like it's mainly just accountants. <laughs> so a lot of people who have like different aspirations don't want to live there because there just isn't the same opportunities. Mm -hmm. So I definitely don't think I'd live there in the future. I might move home for a few years after university and just while well, I sort my life out and get my, <laughs> you know, mind together about where exactly I want to go. But um, yeah, I definitely think I'd prefer to live somewhere else in terms of like career prospects and things. But once I get older, maybe around like retirement age, I'd go back and live in Jersey just for some peace and quiet. Yeah, that sounds nice. And mm -hmm. um, you just hit on a point I wanted to mention. It's kind of, it, I was going to bring it up later, but it's a good jumping off point. Um, which is like, uh, where would you like to live in the future then? Um, or like, you know, is there a specific place? Like, is there like, could you see yourself living in like London, a really busy place? Or would you like to move to a foreign country? Or what is your, like, what would you like to do? Well, essentially, I have had a dream to live in New York City since I was seven years old. And it has oh. been my fixation ever since then. Um, so yeah, essentially my plan is because I'd love to try living in a big city, obviously coming from a small island and I live in the most like countryside part of Jersey you can get. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd love to try living in like a big city and just see how that goes. Obviously it might not be for me, but it's definitely something I want to do at some point in my life. Yeah, um, to try it. And yeah, and after going to New York on a holiday once, I just completely fell in love with it. So I desperately want to live there, <laughs> even for a few months. I think it'd be great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, mm. I totally get that. I love. I can see the New York draw. I've never been there, so like even just getting there for a holiday will be like a massive mm. thing for me. And I will get someday. Yeah. Someday. someday. Yes. <laughs> or we know each other from screenwriting, eh? and I kind of mm -hmm. want to talk about that. And you do screenwriting joint with drama. I do it with creative yes. writing. But mm -hmm. I'm wondering. How did that come about? Like, how did you find this particular course in this particular place of Worcester? 
uh, was it like we immediately like you just seen it and was like this is it or was it a lot of deliberation was there other options tell me well um essentially during sixth form my life kind of went completely off the rails and i essentially had this huge fear um because being from jersey already there's some certain part of isolation i think that everyone experiences and back then i was a lot more anxious than i am now i didn't have that much self-confidence and the idea that all of my friends were going to go to university and make all these different friends and were probably going to forget about me was absolutely terrifying. So as a result, I just decided not to think about university at all, um, <laughs> which was a horrific choice. I wish I'd never done that. But um, then it came down to obviously leaving secondary school and I decided to take a gap year just to think it over. And still, I kept procrastinating it. And then it came to, I think, when was it? Maybe a month before the UCAS deadline. And I was thinking, right, I really need to get on this now. Um, so I started looking at courses and things and I knew I wanted to do something to do with drama because I've always found it helps my self-confidence and things like that. So even if like I didn't end up going into drama as a career, I still thought it would be good for me. Um, but my parents have always hated the fact that I like acting and, you know, things like that. So they said, we're not going to pay for you to do just drama as a degree, you need to find something that you can do it with. Mm. Um, so then I was looking at all these different degrees, because obviously I love English as well. I've always loved writing. Um, and I was looking at all these degrees and they were saying, you need to do English for A-level, which I didn't do. So I was kind of panicking a little bit. And then I came across, um, I don't think it was on the University of Worcester website. I think it was somewhere else. I don't remember where, but I came across the like drama and screenwriting kind of set of degrees and like drama, drama and film production and things like that. So I kind of just made a list of all these different types of courses and then all of the universities that did those courses. And essentially, I eventually narrowed it down just from looking through like the modules and things like that and what you can get from the course. Um, I narrowed it down to my two favorites, which were University of Worcester and Winchester. Um, so then I applied for both and did the personal statement, which I literally submitted like an hour before the deadline. It was oh a right goodness. stress. Like I say I procrastinate and people don't really believe the extent to which I procrastinate. Well, there's um, an example. <laughs> exactly. So my hopefully God. that'll make people understand. Um, and then obviously I got an unconditional from University of Worcester. Um, and with Winchester, I had to do an audition. So I had to like go down there and um, it was kind of like more of a drama audition than anything else. So I had to, I didn't have to prepare anything like you would for a drama school, but I had to do a load of like exercises. I was partnered up with another girl named Abby who was going on to like the proper acting course there. And we had to do um, a Shakespeare scene. I think it was, I, don't, I think it was much ado about nothing from what I can remember. And based on that, we then had to, if we got through that round, we were then invited for a discussion afterwards. Um, and I talked this lecturer's ear off about Yerma. I don't remember why, but I just remember talking about it for about half an hour straight. And then for some reason, based on that, they actually gave me a place. So that was very exciting. Then obviously it came down to choosing between the two of them. Mm -hmm. And I came for a tour of Worcester as well. And I really liked the campus and everything. Um, uh, but Winchester... actually made the decision for me and he was just like you know what Worcester gave you an unconditional first like 
you know, they're the ones who clearly wanted you first. They didn't ask for you to come in for an interview or an audition or anything. So I think you should just go there. And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, like, I'm happy with that. Like, I would be happy at either of the universities, I think, just because I really love them both. Um, but yeah, that's how I ended up at Worcester. Wow. Like, that's sorry. Like, yeah. I, and yeah, that's the, the fact that the unconditional was like the make what made it for you. You know, it's like, um, yeah, and the whole, I, I, I'm so, I am so intrigued by, um, you know, the like the auditions for things. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, and how the process works. Because, like, if you're going in, you know, you're doing drama. I don't know what your plan's going to be after uni. I don't think anyone knows realistically. Like, you know, people can have a plan, but plans mm. get fucked up. So I don't know. I'm just thinking, like, yeah. the, you know going to an audition like it, it it would scare me though you know like you know it, it almost scare you uh, going for auditions mm. and stuff but like and the, you know like every drama student knows like the amount like the rejection levels are like yeah you know very very high and you know a, a person like i don't know if i put myself in your shoes like you know a drama person's shoes for a second we'll be able to deal with that amount of rejection but as a writer i think we're going to have to do that you know what i mean it's just it's just a bit different mm. because you're going into a room and they're going eh, no thanks you know um yeah. it's kind of whenever it's it's our like the writing side of it's kind of very virtual and it's just like i'm just mm. wondering have you auditioned for like many things before and i'm just wondering like how has that process been for you like going in and auditioning and facing rejection yeah um Essentially, when I was younger, I always wanted to be involved in drama. And there's this one drama, well, drama kind of club in Jersey um, that most people go to. And I kind of, you know, watched my friends go to that growing up. And I was thinking, like, because new people didn't really join it very often. And I was thinking, like, I can't just join now at age, like, 14 or however old I was. Because just the concept of being the new person in the room was terrifying to me. So instead, I joined... A different drama club that was new and I, I think I was the first member to ever sign up from what I can remember um, and that was like perfect for me mm -hmm. um, and then essentially through that I got a lot of help with like audition prep and just you know being part of group performances and things um, and then when it came that obviously helped when coming to auditioning for things um, but even down to like school productions I found it very stressful because I unfortunately have a doppelganger we'll call it um, with this other girl named Holly. She was in my year group at school. And the problem was we went to all the same like classes together. Like Ooh. we took like piano lessons from the same teacher. We were in the same drama club, the same dance school. Um, and then we both look so similar. Like we're the same height, both naturally dark brown hair, glasses. Like it was terrifying to the point where like <laughs> really? people that, sh people that she's known for her entire life would come up to me and start talking to me like I was Holly. And that then became an issue because then we'd wow. both go for like the same roles in school plays. But because they sh I will admit that she is the vastly superior singer and actress. So then obviously she'd get the roles and I would be so crushed every time because obviously she was my friend and I would be happy for her. But at the same time, I was like, I don't even have a shot here because we look exactly the same, but you're just more skilled in this area. So that obviously knocked my confidence quite a lot. But then again, in some ways, some ways it was quite helpful because obviously then I would still be cast in productions as like ensemble or like a more minor character and getting to watch her and obviously the other leads like do their thing. I did learn quite a lot. And I remember having a conversation with her where she was like, I am actually like quite stressed because I do get all these 
like ro good roles in school plays and I'm worried that now when I go to drama school and things I'm not going to be used to the rejection um whereas I've obviously had to get quite used to it quite quickly yeah um so yeah that was like obviously like a positive and negative of that situation um and then when it came down to actually auditioning for dra the actual drama schools when I was thinking about doing that while I was still in sick form my mental health was just not in the state where I would be able to take that rejection at the time. Like certain things had happened where I just lost so much of my confidence. Um, and I was literally just not in the position to do it. Whereas she then managed to audition and yeah, she did get some rejections, but she actually ended up getting into Mountview and she's on a course there now, which is obviously really cool and really exciting. Um, but I do remember speaking to her again at that time of her being like, I don't know how many more rejections I can take from drama schools. Um, and obviously now, like looking back on it, I'm thinking, oh, maybe I could have auditioned for actual drama schools and possibly gotten in. But at the same time, like I'm very happy where I am now. And if obviously I had gotten into drama school, I wouldn't have discovered my love for screenwriting. So yeah, again, true. it's kind of like a very double-edged sword moment. Yeah, I, I just when yeah. as you were saying that, I literally I, I felt like I, I was going to interrupt you. I didn't. Thank, I'm glad you kept talking because I was just like, what are the <laughs> odds that in Jersey? Of all places, yeah. there's going to be your doppelganger. <laughs> mm. It's so strange. That's crazy. It's very strange. Because, like, obviously, if I was ever going to go into acting, because I do still love it, I would much prefer to be a film actress. Whereas she said that she much prefers stage. Like, she loves musicals. She loves, like, Broadway and the West End and things. So if we ever did kind of both make it in the industry, we'd just be two very similarly looking people in two completely different sides of drama. Yeah. Which I just find really funny to think about. Yeah, that's it's good. It's good that she likes that. So that means there's less competition. So great. Mm -hmm. Um, I was going to ask. You're currently being in a short film. I seen on your story, and you told me. I think. Um, <laughs> yes. What does that involve? Um. Essentially, the short film is about a woman who has DID. Um, and it kind of, it it starts out quite innocently, where one of her alters like kind of wakes up in control of the body. Um, and is just happens to be on a date with this man. And this alter who's controlling the body is also a man, um, a straight man who is obviously quite bewildered by the fact that this other man is coming on to him. <laughs> um, and it starts out quite innocently. And then this alter loses control of the body again. And when he next comes to consciousness, this guy has been murdered and he is holding the knife. Oh. Um, and essentially, yeah, quite interesting. And essentially then it's this alter's attempt to figure out what's happened by bringing all the other alters out just to kind of piece together the events and how this guy has ended up dead on their floor wow. so yeah that's essentially the basic plot where we have only just started shooting yesterday so still very early oh. days but it's very exciting and i'm having a great time can you tell me which character you're playing or is that a spoiler well essentially i'm playing all of the alters which is quite oh. stressful obviously having to differentiate between them so the main one is this kind of he's in his 50s he's a man named john um so that's the main one i play but i also have to play charlotte who's an eight-year-old girl and wendy who's a woman in her 60s so <laughs> it's a bit of a challenge for my first like ever filmed role but i'm loving yeah. it yeah that's that's yeah when when's it gonna do you know do they have like a time frame it needs to be done for are we ever am i ever going to be able to see it there's going to be a bloated anywhere what's well, hopefully we're filming again on Friday and then on Sunday. Um, but currently the other actor who's meant to be playing the man that my character is on a date with is currently ill 
and we're not sure when he's going to be next available to film. So we've also got another filming date on the 17th, which is quite a while away, obviously, but we're still planning on filming then. Um, and obviously, if this guy is still ill, it might be pushed on and delayed even further. So it should be done soon, <laughs> but it Aww. is for the film students. So I assume it'll be published to YouTube or something or maybe like Daily Motion or Vimeo. So it should be available somewhere eventually. And what is it called? It's called Robin. Ah, OK. That's mm. OK. And I'm, I will, you could check it out somewhere hopefully like sometime in the future if it ever comes out i can it's not going to be out now obviously but whenever, or whenever mm. this episode goes up i can add it to like the description at some point if i've still you know if, if oh, it does lovely. become available it'd be cool some people can check it out so like if people listen to this in the future yeah. so we've covered drama we've dra- yes. drama so it i want to talk about screen right now because that's something we have in common and mm-hmm. um like you kind of answered it sort of when you were talking before and I'm one you say basically because you've always loved writing and is that why you're a writer that's my question is why are you a writer and is is have I have you answered it before by saying you love it or is there any other reasoning there has to be another reason <laughs> I think for me I really struggle with people acting in ways I don't anticipate if that makes sense so like I'm naturally quite an anxious person and even now when I've got better at like not overthinking everything Like, I still think in my head, trying to, like, anticipate what other people are going to say and do. Um, And I always find it very stressful when, obviously, I can't because it's impossible. Like, no one can do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I always find with writing, like, I can make the characters act in whatever way I want to. And I always found that quite, you know, it's quite a stress relief. Mm -hmm. And obviously, like, I think a lot of writers enjoy the whole creating their own worlds to escape in and things like that. And that's also a thing for me. Um, I just enjoy kind of playing by my own rules in my writing rather than having to, you know, follow whatever the rules of our society that we live in happen to be at the time. So, yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's a good answer. Mm. Um, I, I've, since obviously I, I wrote that question for you and I was like, um, you know, why do I want to, why am I a writer? And um, <laughs> I, I, I've been thinking about it and I think, the reason is that, like, obviously, I have a, I have a really, I am really passionate about writing, and I think I just love I being in control. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I think that's the thing I like in life. You know, I'm, I think I'm a bit of a control freak at times, and like, I'm very, I can be bossy and stuff. But like, I think overall, just being able to create create a whole world these characters live in, like, just fucking up their lives, and like, it having no yeah. real impact on you. You know what I mean? And. Mm. It's just like I've been inspired by so many writers, obviously, um, in movies and books and you know everything and playwrights and all the works and it's, but and I just like I see what they do and see like how you know how invested they get and like even hearing like writers talk in interviews about how, you know like how impactful the, um, like the character can be on their lives like like you know J.K. Rowling whenever she. They killed one of her characters. She kind of like it was like mourning their loss, and I just like that is crazy. Like I just I want to feel that. You know what I mean? I just want to get that invested. So that's yeah. one of the reasons. There's many reasons. There's many reasons. Mm. Um, I was going to uh, ask you this um about like this is kind of someone in our class did a play it's like about this topic. So I don't know if you've seen that one, but they were basically um they discussed the idea like we are told like to use like the old theories you know like aristotle and like you know um stanislavski and uh, mm. all these people and then like you know you have these like books like 
see if the car and you know like how to write or you can follow all these guidelines and stuff but then like we're yeah. being told also you know make your own views and be unique and all this stuff mm. and i just think like as it's just nice to talk to someone another another writer about this like i struggle to like you know find my unique own unique voice whenever i'm told all this b- bombardment of like shit that i should follow and i'm like if i'm not following this am i not doing this right you know what i mean like in the three act structure and the hero's journey yeah. all this stuff that like people are aware of even if you don't study screenwriting i think um mm. i'm just i'm just wondering for you is that a struggle thing you struggle with and i'm just like wondering a how you like deal with like trying to find your own unique voice <laughs> I'm going to be honest, and our screenwriting lecturers, if they ever hear this, are probably going to be a bit annoyed at me, but I really don't tend to follow any structure that we've been taught. Like, I find them helpful to know for wider context and things. Like, I can look at certain pieces of work and identify, like, oh, that follows that structure or that follows that different one. But when it comes to my own writing, I prefer to just write the whole story out and everything I want to say myself and then go back and kind of try and morph it around a little bit to fit the structure if I feel like it needs to. Because mm. sometimes I've written certain things before where I don't think about the story, well, the story structure whatsoever. And I finish it and it's written and it's fine. Like it flows perfectly well on its own. But there are other things where I write the story and then I look back and I think, oh, this is missing something. This needs to have a bit more tension here. And that's when I kind of go back and try and make it fit the structure. Just because I, like you said, I find it really quite stressful to be trying to find my own voice and make my own work unique when there's just, everyone's constantly saying like, you need to follow this or you need to follow this. And I just, I just prefer to not think about it really. I like that. Like, yeah, I I wish that I wasn't such a, you know, stickler for the, you know, look, I don't know. I don't know. But because there's been things I've done too. I think it's kind of natural Mm. though in people who love film and love, you know, like books and stuff like to make, you know, to have you know the normal structure like just it's just it's just subconscious at, at this point because we've looked at it so yeah. much you know what i mean like you're not going to have a story where nothing really happens until like the last like act where like the last act mm. people just live their normal lives and in the last act a uh, someone gets killed you're going to have that at the start you know what i mean like we know that you need to have people intrigued and you know from the, the beginning yeah hmm. mm. a lot to think about there i i just <laughs> because there's been th- times when i've written things and i'm kind of like there's something wrong and then I figure out like oh I haven't included like I look at the structures and I'm like right okay I need this or this Mm. and it helps me that way so it's just different everyone has their own process and stuff and do you like just about your writing process I haven't even got this written down this one just came into my head which is like are you like music in the ears are you like in a bedroom are you like in a cafe no music what's like your (laughs) location and like music vibe (laughs) I think for me, the biggest thing about my writing is I have to be comfortable. Like oh. I often find like I work, I do all my best work. This doesn't just apply to like screenwriting, but like any work, I, like even from my GCSEs onwards, I've pretty much done all of my work in my bed, in my pajamas. <laughs> like I have to be comfortable. Otherwise I just lose focus completely. Um, so yeah, I mainly just sit in my bed and I don't always listen well, sometimes I listen to music, which is mainly just instrumental stuff if I'm like writing the story. But when it comes down to like, if I'm trying to figure out a specific character, usually I'll make like a playlist on Spotify for them okay. just to kind of help me kind of pinpoint what kind of vibe I want them to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. that's that's really cool. Um, my next question is um, it's still associated with writing. That's really cool because I have to have, I just wanted to actually point out that I have to have silence 
Uh, I do like it. No, I do yeah. like it. Um, I, I, I cannot, the thought of doing work on my bed is so unappealing. I know it's comfy, but <laughs> I just can't, I just can't do it. I just can't. I just have to be mm. in it like a sort of uncomfortable seat, like trying to make, like be aware of my posture and stuff like things just to constantly <laughs> remind me that I need to work. And then as soon as you get out of, as mm. soon as you get this work done, you can like go and relax in the bed. You know what I mean? That's that's yeah. what I think, you know. But it's, diff- it's, it's, it's different. And but I really like the idea of, making a playlist for a character you know what I mean because I have mm-hmm. like I, I've done that too not for a character for yeah. like a, a, a thing I wonder like an idea whenever I'm like trying to think of an idea just even you know like not that I'm going to write it maybe ever but I like to like I have a big notes pages just dedicated to certain ideas and I have this playlist yeah. on I have this idea of this like um revenge story thing where you know mm-hmm. or like this injustice thing and it's just like she's like really like you know the, all these songs from loads of different artists that I have in this playlist and I just listen to it and it's just like the ideas start to flow uh, without there I kind of never I never used the playlist again but it was good for that moment you know what I mean so it's just like the yeah. part, as I, I mentioned in my last episode with my work friend Shannon like music mm. is so powerful like I just think it really mm. really is so good next question mm. genre do you think you're like a genre writer do you think like there's one particular genre that you're best at writing I think so, and I think it's sci-fi. I don't know what draws me to it particularly, possibly childhood influences. Because mm-hmm. um, I grew up with my parents watching a lot of, like my mum's very big on Star Trek and my dad's very big on Star Wars. So I kind of grew up with their influences and a lot of the stuff that I watched when I was a kid was kind of sci-fi based. Um, and it is kind of a genre. I think that's the one where I feel most at home. Like I feel like at my, in sci-fi, I feel like I can explore a lot of different things and i like the thing about sci-fi i think like i said again it doesn't always have to apply to like modern day rules and things because a lot of it's set in the future and things like that um so i think definitely i like i think i love sci-fi the most but i also really love kind of crime and mystery like that's mostly the stuff that i read so i'd love to write more about that Mm, that's that's cool um i Mm. i think that i can best write comedy or yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I can just make people. I, I think I'm good at making people laugh. To be honest, like I've I've done stand up mm. twice now, and it went really well yeah. both times. And you know, I just uh, it's not being like I hate. I sound a bit cocky saying that, but it's the truth. Like people laughed at me when I was doing co- comedy like twice. So 100 percent of the time when I'm on stage making people laugh, not 100 percent of the time, but you know, two out of two times <laughs> they laughed. So I just kind of yeah. think like, and then the stuff I've written, I've got like the best. I've like sent people. Like I sent my best friend all the stuff I write really, and she's so good at reading it mm-hmm. and it's great. And she always like the best feedback. She goes like, "Jimmy, this is so good." Whenever it's like a funny thing, you know what I mean? Like she goes, "It really made me laugh." And um, I think like there's a yeah. you know Phoebe Waller-Bridge, of course, you know Phoebe Waller-Bridge, mm, of course. Bag. Yeah. And um, she said that like you know people, she thinks that like people are most vulnerable when they're laughing. You know, they have their mouth open and just like that's when she comes in with like something you know hard hitting in like Fleabag. Like whenever mm. she gets some laugh and then she comes in with you know like my best friend's dead. Um, yeah, uh, you know what I mean. It's just stuff like that, and I like that idea of like you know dark comedy. I think that like being raised mm. in my family, like you, I like that you know the Star Wars, Star Trek influences, and the influence of my family. Mm. I don't know, they're they're very funny people themselves. You know what I mean. <laughs> I think like funny 
like probably and irritate the fucking life out of me but i love them you know what i mean but they're, they're funny the way they go on the way they argue uh just like mm. just it's, like it's, it's sometimes of course they're <laughs> the political 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 correctness is out the window but i was raised in like mm. this environment it's just it just made me laugh all the time you know like stuff stupid stuff the arguments and stuff like it was just like it was very entertaining <laughs> so i think that's where it comes yeah. from for me i don't know but yeah it's- um it is weird seeing like the different genres because I personally cannot write comedy at all. Like occasionally I can say something funny like in own personal conversations, but when I try to write it, it just doesn't happen for me. Yeah. So it is interesting. Like I always find it like fun to read other people's comedy work just because I find it so cool that you guys can like you know make that up and make other people laugh when it's something that I really really struggle with. Well. The thought of writing sci-fi scares the living shit out of me. So, like, it's so it's strange, isn't yeah. it? Though? Like it is. It's just, yeah. But we all have it. So, mm. like, people describe you. So, if people would describe you as a genre writer, I don't know if I fit into that though, because I feel like I could write a total like crime story that doesn't have any comedy mm. in it. You know what I mean? So, like, I you know people like like to put themselves in boxes and stuff. And I asked like one of our lecturers. I asked, uh, what type of is he a genre writer? And he said, yeah, mm. he he is, and he likes writing historical like fiction and stuff and i'm like mm. okay but uh, do you like I, I think we're too young of a stage now you know we're too probably early yeah. to understand what like genre we're actually really good at you know like because we'll, we'll figure it out we'll figure it out mm. yeah. yeah i mean i guess the whole point of university is to just like experiment with different genres and just see what we're good at so hopefully we'll know by the time we actually leave and go into the industry but you know <laughs> yes i was going to ask you if you know drama and screenwriting weren't op- an option. So say if something had to be totally yeah. different, what would you pick? Mm-hmm. Like if it wasn't anything associated with this? Well, funnily enough, my whole like life plan, or at least career plan, when I was younger was to become a forensic scientist. Oh. So <laughs> it's quite a drastic shift, I know. People mm. are always quite shocked when I tell them that. Um, but yeah, because I grew up... Um, constantly watching like true crime documentaries with my mum like she's always been a huge fan of forensics and you know detectives and things like that so I was constantly like, part of my routine when I was in primary school was to come home from school and immediately have like a cup of tea and a few rich tea biscuits and sit and watch the crime channel oh, with that. my mum from about 3 30 p.m until about seven so we'd watch like hours worth every day um, and it, again, I do still find it fascinating. Like I do still watch a lot of true crime TV shows today. Um, probably why I'm quite interested in the crime and mystery genres of writing and things. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until I went to secondary school and this was around GCSEs that I suddenly realized how difficult biology was, which is the main, <laughs> obviously, part of forensics. So I was thinking like, I don't know if this is something that's that I'm gonna enjoy consistently. And that was obviously around the same time where I discovered how much I love drama and acting. And then I was thinking like, you know, like it was quite a crisis for me at the time because obviously that's what I'd planned to do for like probably around, a, you know, five, six years at that point. Um, but I am very glad I kind of took a different path because I think if I was at university now doing like biology or chemistry or something, I would just be miserable. So, you yeah. know, it's worked out. It has, it has. And you mentioned there... Um your parents like you mentioned a lot about your parents and it seems like yeah you've mentioned them before and they seem like not you know the stereotypical parents i'm wondering are you you're, you're close with them right would you say you're in close some with ways them? in some ways yes in some ways no like whenever we do i do think 
like you know the phrase like absence makes the heart grow fonder it's one yeah. of those where whenever we're at home i am we are we do have quite a volatile relationship because i'm somehow they're both very different people but i'm somehow too similar to both of them to properly get on with them okay so when we're at home it's like consistent arguments and disagreements and things like that but then whenever i'm away at uni i do find myself missing them quite a lot no. so that's nice yeah because um, mm. I, I talk to my mum I think I, I, at least I text her I don't like call her every day but we text every day just to you know make sure she's alive you're like you know being an only child it's it's different and like you've just hit a point yeah. I've never thought about before which is you know people always say you know oh you're so similar to this person and I'm very like my dad in terms of like the impatience and you know mm. I get irritable and stuff but like I there's, there's elements I am like my mum I think you know totally but we're not that similar really and yeah. I think that's how we get on well I've just I, you mm. know people have always you know like you know, my housemates are like, they're, they're so kind. They were like, they, my mum came and like, it, people, they think it's the strangest thing. Like, I think you would mm. find it strange. If your mum came, I don't know, maybe you would. I don't know. Uh, my mum came and lived with us for like three, four days. And she like lived in the house. She slept in my bed. And I didn't give a fuck. Like, I love life. My, I, you know, <laughs> my, I, I just love my mum. And I'm not like, and they, they were, they, all of them, like not one of the, my other housemates were like, could ever in any universe imagine having their mum come and live with them for like and I was like but like I'm just so lucky like that it makes me smile just the thought of like that that I'm you know like I have fucked up relationship with mem- a lot of members of my family and mm. the fact that I'm able to be close to my mum it just it, it just fascinates me that like it, like would you be able to have your mum come and stay for a couple of nights a week basically Oh, I don't know. I think, I don't think it's weird, like, per se. I think in a certain way, I, I'm kind of envious of you that you do have that relationship mm. with your mum. Because obviously, like, my mum and I do get on. We're, we have very different opinions, like, politically and things like that. Um, but obviously, I do still love her very much. Um, but I think, like like I said, with the rest of my, well, at least my parents, at least, rather than the rest of my family, I do, like, we're in conflict a lot more if we spend a lot of time together. Like mm. Christmas, I always find it's my favorite time of year, but I find it very stressful just because of how in close quarters my whole family is and it just brews conflict. So I do think that like if our relationship was a bit different, I'd love my mum to come and stay with me for a bit. But at, at this point in my life, I don't think I could do it. <laughs> I got you. I got you. And mm. just, just like last point, is I'm just thinking like you, I, you did mention before about how they're like unconventional in a way. Like they, you were never mm. really like told you can do something like in terms of like like you know that maybe that's the wrong way of wording it but like i remember you said about drinking alcohol for the first time and stuff and it was kind of never like a like there was no big like thing there was no like like you know you're not mm. allowed to do that it's all this kind of like you know just do whatever the fuck you want yeah Am I right in it is that? strange yeah definitely um it is quite funny because my parents were both kind of more part of the rebellious group in their teenage years like when my mum moved to jersey when she was 11 um her first proper, I think, friendship group, as I remember being told, was the French group that my dad was in. So they kind of ended up like hanging around together a lot in their group. And my dad is two years older than my mum. But like, like I say, Jersey's always never really had that much to do. So even back in uh, like their age group in like the kind of 70s, 80s and early 90s when they were younger, most of what they had to do for fun was just like sneaking into bars underage and stuff like that <laughs> so when it comes to like drinking alcohol or doing drugs or anything like I've always said to my parents like would you be mad and my pa- well my dad doesn't really talk about it because he doesn't want to 
because he knows I will then do those things and he doesn't want to have the responsibility of telling me that I could do it and then me doing it and it going horribly wrong. <laughs> but um, I've said to my mum before, like, would you be mad if I did this? And she's like, no, I couldn't be because I did the same thing when I was younger than you. So it is quite funny. Like all my friends are always so paranoid that their parents are going to be annoyed at them for certain things. Like one of my friends, she really wants to get a tattoo, but her mum's basically told her she'll be written out of the will if oh, <laughs> if she gets Jesus. a tattoo. Yeah, but with like me, my parents were always like, why don't you have tattoos? Why don't you have more piercings? Like, it's quite funny because they just think I'm a prude because I'm just not doing all the things that they did when they were younger. Like, I do certain things, but not as much as they did. Yeah. So it's quite unconventional. Because if you wanted tattoos and they wouldn't let you, tattoos and piercings, they wouldn't let you. Like, that, like you know what I mean? Mm. Like, if, if they were like, oh, like saying, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to, you would want them. That's what I'm basically trying to say. It's just like, it's yeah. just, you know what I mean? It's just the way. It, it, yeah, kind of mm. that whole thing of like, you know, everyone always wants what they can't have. So, um, yeah, true. It's interesting. It's interesting. Uncomfortable things. I'm going to start mm-hmm. off. Um, I, it, mine is a lighthearted one. And a, I basically came down, I woke up this morning. I've had very little sleep the last couple of uh, nights. So I, I had a really, mm. really nice sleep. I went downstairs and my housemate was in the kitchen. Megan, if you're listening to this, it was you. You know it's you. Um, you were sitting <laughs> in the kitchen, you were eating breakfast. And, oh my God, this sounds like poetry or something. Um, uh, she was eating scrambled egg and a bagel. And I think, yeah, I like... That, that is something I've had as a hangover cure. She's not hungover or anything, but it's just like, I really like that. And I, I have like, never heard of someone eating that. Okay, well, that isn't even the part I'm mentioning, but you've never okay. heard of someone eating scrambled egg bagel? Mm. Never. Like, I've, I've never heard of that. Well, but to be fair, just, I, I, I can just stop there. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to say? Like, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of things being from Jersey that I just don't know about UK yeah, food. I never think if you of get what that. I mean. What are you? What are no. you eating that we're not? Um. Well, I'm from Northern Ireland, so it's not really. It's England. I'm, I'm talking to think. about. I mean, Jersey wonders are like a thing. That's the only thing that's coming into my mind. That's like, what different. the fuck is that? <laughs> I'm trying to Google it. No, I think it's like some kind of churro kind of thing. I don't have them very often, but when I have them, they are great. When we have like fates and things like that. Oh, they look on, strange. I've I just googled them. Actual... Yeah, they're kind oh, wow. of like. A churro kind of thing. It, yeah. Yeah, wow. they are very weird looking, and like they are. people, everyone. Yeah, they them don't up. look. <laughs> yeah, they don't look very advertising. Advertising, appetizing, even. <laughs> um, but yeah, once you have one, it's like an addiction that like you keep going back for more. It's very strange. I want to try one. But yeah, that's oh just God. the only option I can think of. Like the, yeah, my housemate, um, the Leo, you know, um, cooked mm. Welsh cakes yesterday, and I've had Welsh cakes before, but only since I came to uni, I'd never even heard of them. So it's kind of like scrambled egg on bagel. Well, it's gonna see. Well, this kind of defeats the purpose. Now it made me feel uncomfortable, so I'm going to keep going. She had scrambled egg and bagel. Sorry, and I sat down. And I was like, you know, I had that the other day for my hangover cure, and she was like, mm, yeah. And I was like, um, I I put barbecue sauce on it, and I think it's a bit controversial. She goes that's not controversial and I was like oh, okay um, and then I goes she goes you know but what I'm having on it is controversial and I goes what are you having on it she, she put sweet chilli all over it and I was like no because <laughs> just sweet chilli and me it just made me feel uncomfortable do they not no. do you not like it no 
Oh my uh, goodness. I hate it. It's just like the stench associated with people's breath after scares me. And <laughs> um, it's just like the thought of like, I feel like there was, there was a person in my, my like high school who honestly like sweated sweet chili. Like every time, oh. like they, they were, no, they didn't, obviously. <laughs> but like, you know, they're just like, <laughs> yeah, I can time, imagine the smell. <laughs> yeah, they just, every Maybe. time, they'd obviously just eat it for their dinner and then they would just mm. come. Oh, I can just, I can just, oh, it's coming back. It's coming back. It's disgusting. <laughs> Getting and flashbacks. It, and there were so many people that ate it because like we had like this sweet, like sandwich bar that we could go to and um, mm. anyone that went to my school will know that was like, that's, that's putting a very like luxurious like twist on it as a sandwich bar it was like a counter yeah. with a woman behind it making like with a load of bread and um <laughs> it was so many people were having sweet chili and then you would like it would be really rainy and people would come in and be all damp and there'd be sweet chili and it'd be like, oh so sweet chili mm. makes me uncomfortable what is your story <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just before we start, I've just thought of a light one. Your banana sandwiches make me very uncomfortable. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> off like my banana know. sandwiches, hey. Oh my God, I get bullied every I have, week. Mm, I have no, to I mention it every time you get them out because they just stress me out. Yeah. But anyway, um, the thing that I was thinking of that makes me uncomfortable, on a slightly more deeper note, um, I am very afraid of just the concept of being forgotten, which I think is another reason why... I love like like I want to make an impact on the world like through my writing or like acting if I ever played like a character or something that makes an impact on someone. Like even if it's just one person, I'd be fine with that. But the idea that one day like I'm not afraid of dying, but the idea that one day I'm gonna die and then everyone that ever knew me in person is gonna die as well, and then the world's just gonna go on just forgetting that I existed is like honestly terrifying to me. That is a brilliant, uncomfortable <laughs> thing to say because literally yeah. I, I have had that same thought honestly like not as like specific as that I, I think like mm. not in that way I think I've had the thought of where like I'm thinking um, you know it, when, if, if I even I was thinking if I, if I died today people would eventually mm. forget me you know what I mean even the people yeah. I know that's what I mean and it's like mm. whenever I you know you know you know me and you know like that I do not hold back on my questions about things you know yeah. I'm very direct and I just don't I just want to know things and I just like think mm. For, the, for that reason that like I always have it in my head that you know like you, like that person will remember me as you know the person who asked that direct question who who was really interested in them and mm. like I, I, them small things I don't do it on purpose but I'm thinking like you know he will remember me as like that person and like that means he will remember me and the whole thing of like then he won't forget me in a way but yeah that's mm. so intriguing to think of like in like a hundred years time maybe no further than a hundred years time maybe I don't know because yeah you know and you just do not exist anymore because like there's people out there who like will not go into a profession that will allow them to have like a legacy mm, you know what I mean exactly. not that we, we definitely will but you know I hope we will um yeah I hope so <laughs> yeah yeah I, I have hope but you know we just never you never know what tomorrow holds you could have changed your career mm. and be a forensic person like you want to be and yeah. you know you, you never know but yeah like and do you think like is that like circles back to the question I asked you before, which is like, why are you a writer? And is that like, a mm. part motivation for you? I think so. Yeah. Like it sounds really vain of me. I kind of just want a Wikipedia page for myself. Just so <laughs> just to prove mm. my point of like, even after I die, someone's going to look back at that. Cause I do spend my time, like whenever I'm thinking about something I want to write, I just go on Wikipedia and just like search for random things, like just mm. random objects or places or people. And just like, scroll through random articles just trying to find something to write 
And I just kind of like the idea of if I did like write something influential or act in something influential, I just like the idea of then someone else in the future. Obviously, I don't know how long Wikipedia is even going to last. Like that might be <laughs> dead and all within like a couple of decades. Who knows? But I just like the idea of like someone being able to, you know, research me on the Internet or something and like, you know, hundreds of years after I've died and just be like, oh, she seemed like an all right person. That's yeah. quite fun. Like, hope she had a good life. Yeah, and and I feel like I I felt vain thinking them the exact thoughts honestly about like having a Wikipedia page and being remembered mm. and stuff, like it's it's different being yeah. remembered and then being recognised. I don't think that's vain though because like we put in effort into our work and I don't think it mm. is vain to want to have recognition of that. You know what I mean? Because that is what it is. What we're looking. Yeah. If we get recognition, then it's associated with not being forgotten of something. Yeah. To to conclude this interview, I would like to ask you, <laughs> what is your like? let's just I want you to dream like as big as you can dream what do you see yourself like do you see yourself on like winning eight Oscars and being in a blockbuster movies being a superhero being anything just like let your imagination go wild I just want to know what initially comes into your head I mean ever since I was really young whenever me and my parents would argue I always used the threat of if you don't apologise, I'm not going to thank you in my Oscar acceptance speech. <laughs> and it's just stuff like that that now I feel like if I don't actually follow through and win an Oscar, I'm now like, my parents will be like, ha, I told you so, you know, kind of thing. Like, we told you you'd never win an Oscar. So now I think, I think I'm very fueled by just like petty spite, if you get what I mean. Like, I just kind of want to prove people wrong <laughs> and just prove that, that I can yeah. do things. So in an ideal world, yeah, I'll be like an Oscar winner and I'll, you know, still be writing consistently into like old age and things. But like, I think in terms of like my wildest fantasies, I do think I just really like to make a difference to some people because I can pinpoint like certain films that have really made a difference to me. And I'd love to do something like that for someone else. Mm. Yeah, that's really cool yeah. because I see myself, I want, I want, I do be fair, I want an Oscar. I want an Emmy mm. as well. I want like a TV. Oh one. yeah, that's the best for the, the best award the TV thing, and mm. yeah, I just want to, I um, like the like you know the way people think of that like that level of fame where you're so influential. Like you think of like Billie Eilish, you know, like these people who are absolutely massive that everyone our age knows, and yeah. I think of like. I wouldn't want that, you know what I mean? Like the fame thing. That's a whole other mm. conversation. I know I'm trying to I'm trying to wrap this up, but I think I would like. <laughs> I I want to be known in my industry, like where really, like I want to be famous within the in like the, the film industry, like in terms of like you know mm. my peers know who I am, not really like yeah. everyone. You know, I I mean I just like, yeah. I, I think and yeah, of course, Oscar Emmy. I'll do well. We'll. I'll write. I'll write something. You can be like co-writer and you can win two Oscars in one night for being lead actress and brilliant um, I love it <laughs> and the writer as well oh wouldn't that be the kind of like a goodwill hunting situation with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck oh <laughs> exactly we have that story yeah. about a fucking dog and that man you remember oh god yeah that's gonna be Goodness it me. <laughs> no one has any oh. idea no one else has any idea what the fuck we're talking about um but, no, but we know we know we know, it's we fine. know. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tay, for doing this. <laughs> oh, no problem. I've had a great time.